So, of course, we're talking about House of Prayer at the moment, as we specifically focus on prayer right throughout um, October and right to the end of November. Um, we're going to be talking about prayer and different aspects of that um, each, each week. So we've been talking about building a culture of prayer and, and understanding what God's heart is for prayer, that, that you know, as we become more and more Christ-like, which hopefully we will do in our Christian lives, you know, that's God's plan and agenda for us, is that is our hearts sometimes become more like God's heart, what he values than, than we value. You know, and God really values prayer. Amen? You know, Jesus said, and this has been a kind of a key verse for us, Matthew 21, verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers, the benches of those selling doves. Is written, he said to my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And no one's calling anybody a robber here this morning, as corporately or any individuals. Okay? But what we are focusing on is, 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 is what Jesus was saying clearly here. It was his intention for the temple to be a house of prayer. And they'd, they'd made it about all sorts of other things, about changing money and buying and selling things, nothing to do with prayer at all. <clears throat> so that is God's desire for us. And, and, and for us individually and for us corporately, for us to see ourselves, you know, us in our individual lives, we, this living part of who we are, we are a house of prayer. Amen? So it's about, about personal prayer and for us corporately that, that we as a church family will be a house of prayer. Amen? And that's, that's God's desire for us. And of course, there's different things we do. I just mentioned about the prayer meeting we have Thursday mornings. Of course, there's engine room um, every Sunday at half past nine. Everyone's welcome. Welcome to that. And, and, of course, we've got a prayer night tonight, as Michelle has mentioned. That's going to be awesome. So that's really changed the culture of prayer. You know, we, we, I've joked before from the front, um, you know, if, if you don't want people to come to an event, just, just call it a prayer meeting. So you can like massively reduce the attendance uh, just by doing that. Okay? But let's change the culture of that. Amen? I'm, just, I'm dead serious. Let's change the culture of that. that there was, prayer is something we really, we really, really value. And we really value the, the power of corporate prayer, which is what we could be doing this evening as we pray, as we pray together. Amen. So if you can be there tonight, then then be there, make every effort to be there, half past six at the parish hall in, in Hythe. And of course last week we talked about teach us, teach us to prayer, what what is prayer? A couple of weeks ago from Dan and teach us to pray last week. We looked at what we what we call I mean Jesus didn't call it the Lord's Prayer, but we often term it as the Lord's Prayer. Okay. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and we looked at different principles from the Lord's Prayer. Okay? But what we're going to look at specifically this morning is about personal prayer. Okay? So it kind of it follows on from last week, looking at the Lord's Prayer and principles from the, from the Lord's Prayer that we can take from that. But what does an actual personal prayer life look like? You know, because God, it's God's desire for us to all have a personal prayer life. Amen? For all, all of us to spend time during our day, during our, during our week, praying and communicating with God and him communicating back to us. It's a two-way conversation. That's what God, God intends for us. Amen? So let's explore that. Amen? And whatever you're at, kind of in your relationship with God and however long you've been a Christian, you know, we can all go deeper in our prayer life with God. I really believe that. It's a challenge to me as it is to anybody else. Okay? And we're not being religious this morning. Okay? We're not just... Um, Trying to get God to love us a bit more. Well, if I just pray a little bit harder, God might love me a bit more. That's just that's rubbish. That's not that's not Christianity. Amen. That's not the heart. That's not understand the heart of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He, he he did it to bring us freedom. We're not under law. We're under grace. And so we understand all that. Okay, don't we? As New Testament Christians, we we, we get all that. We live in the New Covenant, New Testament, and that that reality. So we're not getting God to like us a bit more or to love us a bit more. His love is totally uh, is totally unconditional. And even the people all across the world who, who, don't, who aren't worshipping him and doing all sorts of stuff, 
God still loves them. Amen. God said, love the world. He sent his own one only son. He did not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And that's, that's the reality of John 3, 16 and 17. It's the, the centerpiece of the, the foundation of the gospel itself, isn't it? Anyway, so let's move on. So we're not, so we're not being religious this morning. And, and it's, it's, there's a number of scriptures that talk about that where Jesus addresses this. And this literally just precedes what, what we looked at last week, um, the Lord's Prayer. This is in the verses just before that. Jesus says this, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So there's really interesting stuff that Jesus uh, it talks about here, and this is all through isn't it, the great sermon on the mountains in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where, where over and over again, Jesus, like, you have heard this, this is what your culture says, it's what your culture says, this is what you've said, but I say this. And Jesus was, was intentionally being uh, countercultural um, to what the relig- some of the religious teachers were teaching at that time. Oh, thanks, I'm being given a clock, thank you, is that is a hint? <laughs> too, too long, I've only been here for five minutes. <laughs> I'm bored already, oh, sorry, sorry, Ian, Ian's already bored. We'll pray, we'll pray later. We'll believe in prayer. <laughs> pray for Ian later. Anyway, it's not all about worship, Ian. We do have to have the, have the word of God as well. <laughs> anyway, let's focus, focus. Stop distracting me. Anyway, thank you for the clock. Anyway, so the, the religious leaders, they, they had their own culture, didn't they? And, I'm, and some of the religious leaders were good. You know, there's like Nicodemus and stuff. He, he, he really understood Jesus, didn't he? So I'm not like religious leaders terrible and Jesus amazing Jesus was amazing but it wasn't that all the religious leaders were terrible people okay that's not what I'm saying label all in that way because some of them did get who Jesus was they really did um, and even some of the people you know some of the, the Roman centurion understood who Jesus was when he went, watched it on the cross and you know some of the people they, they really did get who Jesus was but the religious leaders they should have known better but there certainly was a culture generally amongst the religious leaders and, and this is what Jesus kind of uh, counteracts here and, and Jesus had a very different uh, culture when it came to prayer. Now, we call this the kingdom, couldn't we? We brought out the dominion of darkness. We talked about this last week. We brought into the kingdom of, kingdom of light or the kingdom of his son. So Jesus had a very, very different, different culture. And the disciples and all the, all the people at that time, they would have seen both cultures. So we're like, well, this is what the religious leaders do. And, and this is what Jesus, Jesus is saying about prayer. And it's actually very, 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 very different. And Jesus intentionally uh, contrasted that. Because what was happening is the religious leaders, they would, they would love to be seen by people. And, and they would love that. And it's what Jesus is saying. Don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stay pra- uh, stand. So they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. They would love that. They would love that when people give them their attention. They, they, they want a little bit of a, well, some of them were on a little bit of a power trip. They, they just loved it. They loved the kind of the power and the control that they had over people. And it just wasn't great at all. It wasn't a great culture. It certainly wasn't a kingdom culture. And Jesus was like, well, don't, don't be hypocritical. Don't, don't, don't be like those people. You know, the reality is prayer, and this comes from our prayer life. So we're just going to build some foundations before we talk a bit more about the practicalities of personal prayer life. Just kind of like building this foundation. You know, prayer is not a show for other people. Amen? Prayer is not a show for other people. Right? The prayer is about us and God. You know, God wants us to, and I've kind of put this in inverted commas, but God wants us to pray normal prayers. Now, what I mean by that is real and authentic prayers 
You know, it talks, Jesus then goes on to say, don't be like the pagans where they, they just keep on babbling and they, they think they'll be heard because of their, their, their many words. You know, babbling prayers are not prayers that God recommends. You're not going to impress God with your long words, right? Everyone <laughs> know that, right? Because God knows what our heart is anyway. God knows what's going in our heart. You know, in, in, growing up in, in, in church as, as, as a kid, my parents were Christians, so I grew up in childhood, right from a baby, grew up in church. And, um, and I used to observe this, I'm not judging anyone this morning, this is just a reality of what I observed at the time, um, where, where some people, they would almost like go into a prayer mode. And, and, I, and, I, and observing it at the time, I thought, well, that's just what you do. And sometimes people would even go, the, the whole language totally changed. And, and often they would even like start going into King James English, and they would start praying and start saying, you know, calling God, start, start the V's and the vows and the, and the thy's would come out. I thought, how have we gone back 400 years? It's because someone's praying. This is weird. What's going on here? But sometimes that happens. You know, thus saith the Lord. That was one of the big things. Thus saith the Lord. And, and the way that people would pray. And I'm not like, doubting their kind of authenticity. But what I am saying is, I think it feeds a little bit into this. Is prayer is not about impressing anybody else. It's certainly not about impressing God. It's if we could do anything that could impress God anyway, really. Right? Our righteousness is filthy rags. We're just righteousness because of what Jesus done on the cross, right? So that's what Jesus is saying. Don't, don't, be like, don't be like the hypocrites. You're not going to be heard because of your many words. You're not going to be heard because you use long, you know, theological, theological words. Jesus wants, wants prayer to be authentic and, and to be real, to, to, to be you. Meant to be a real relationship. If you think about your own relationships that you have, whether it be a marriage or friendship or with, with your children, wouldn't it be weird if like, every time you kind of went to talk to them, you kind of changed your whole language? Or you kind of rehearsed in your head, like we can do with prayer sometimes. Kind of rehearsed, well, this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Imagine if you had to do that with every conversation you had. It's just natural, isn't it? When you talk to a spouse or, your, or a child or a friend, it's just, it's just a natural thing. You have to rehearse it all in your head, hopefully. <laughs> you know, when you go into those conversations, it's just part of being, having a relationship, isn't it? Communication is central to how relationships, how relationships work. Right? And that should be true in our relationship with God. Amen. Also, when we come in prayer, so we shouldn't be hypocritical. We don't have, we're not going to press God with our long words. We should just be authentic and, and real. We also should be humble and understand who, who God is. When we come in prayer, and we talked about this last week a little bit, you know, we understand that God is our Father. And we come in humility before him, recognize that everything we have, everything that we are, is all because of God. It's all down to him. Now, we've made choices to, to follow him. That's absolutely true. But ultimately, it's all down to God, right? Everyone agree? Right? It's all down to God. It's all down to the cross. Jesus, again, specifically addresses this. Luke 18, verse 9, says this. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, which is often how the religious leaders were, Jesus told this parable. Two men, up to the, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Remember, tax collectors were like the lowest of the low. They were hated in their culture. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Fasting and tithing are not bad things. But, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus went on to say, I tell you that this man, rather than the others, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's, quite, that's, a, that's a humbling scripture, isn't it? Humbling passage of scripture, because it really makes you think about kind of our own attitudes and stuff. That, that God, God loves humility. 
God loves him. We come, we recognize who he is, and everything is because of the cross. Not, not, not false humility. I don't mean we have to beat ourselves up. We don't have to wear socks, sackcloth, and ashes you know, every time we come before God and beat ourselves up and tell us we're a worm, we're so terrible, we're so, we're so rubbish. No, that's all rubbish. That's kind of from the lies from the pit of hell. If we understand who we are in Christ, we wouldn't believe any of that stuff. Right? And that's why knowing our identity in Christ is so important. Okay, so we know, but, but what we do recognize is everything's because of Jesus. The salvation is because of Jesus. The love that we have is because of Jesus. The hope and grace and freedom and righteousness and everything that he's given us is all because of the divine exchange of the cross. Amen. I said earlier, our righteousness, our own righteousness that we could do in ourselves is like filthy rags. But we're washed clean because of the, because of the blood of Christ. Amen. You know, this, this would really... I'm not saying Jesus ever deliberately wound people up. Because <laughs> I don't think that's very... Um, that's not very... Um, well, kingdom, is it? I suppose in one sense. But Jesus did very much address people. The fact that Jesus just used a tax collector in this example, this would really have wound the religious leaders up. Because so like, like I said, it's the lowest of the low. Remember, the tax collectors were hated at that time. They ripped people off. Um, they, worked, they worked for Rome. So the Jews saw them as traitors because they were working for the Roman Empire collecting taxes. And they constantly ripped people off. Um, anyway... So they were like the lowest of the low. So this would really have annoyed the religious leaders. You can say this about anyone, but not, not a tax collector. You know, but we see this, don't we? In reality, we see this with Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. And he comes, he comes as he is and, and encounters Jesus. Jesus says, come, you know, he doesn't literally say this, but in the culture of what Jesus does, says, come as you are. And, and, and Zacchaeus goes, Jesus like, I want to come to your house and have tea. <laughs> and FT and, 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 and Zacchaeus has radically changed he, said, he promises to pray back four times what he's stolen from people you know that's, that's what the kingdom of God does when you encounter Jesus that's what it does in people's lives amen amen but let's come to prayer in humility amen not, not forced humility not beating ourselves up but recognizing who God is and everything we have and everything we are because of the cross amen You know, and, and the reality is our Father knows what we need anyway. He knows what verse 8, Matthew 6, verse 8, do not be like the pagans with their babbling words. Don't, your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. I said this before, but I'll say it again. Remember, when we pray, we're not giving God information. It's not like he's like, oh, I didn't know that. Look at some sort of gossip <laughs> or, or a prayer chain or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I didn't know that. But what, else, what else is going on in your world? Of course God knows. Right? We're not giving him information. Right? It's stuff that he already knows, but he wants us to pray and communicate with him. Amen? Let's kind of backtrack to verse 6, what Jesus says. But when you pray, so we've kind of dealt with kind of the stuff, don't be hypocritical. We don't need to be, we're not doing things for show. It's between us and God, but we come with humility, recognizing who God is. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door. And pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So press, personal prayer is something that should be done in the audience, audience of one. It's, it's just between you and God. Between you and your Father. This is by the relationship that you have. Amen? It's, it's God's intention for prayer to be relational and transparent and, and honest. Remember, you can never pull the wool over God's eyes. If you're struggling with stuff, just, just say it. It's not, again, because it's not like God doesn't know. <laughs> We're not going to impress him by saying, oh, well, this, if there's really difficult stuff, but it's all fine. It's all good. If God knows that you're struggling with stuff, just say it. Because, like I said, you can't pull the wool over his eyes anyway. You're not going to impress him. Just be real and authentic when it comes to prayer. Amen? Make, make time to pray. 
there's so much true in so much in our lives these days, isn't there? Where our lives are just it's just so busy in so many different ways, um, and you just have to intentionally make make time. What I've discovered myself and Wendy, we've discovered it in marriage that we have to make time for each other. We, we have to we, we plan date nights. Sometimes we'll plan a date night like two or three weeks ahead. We have to because if we, if we don't, what will happen is we just won't spend that time together. Something else will take over. So we have you have to be intentional about that stuff. Get some help with marriage if you're married, okay? But but this is true in our relationship with God as well. You have to intentionally set aside time, because otherwise there'll always be something else to do, and they're not bad things. You have to you have to wash up or swat the kids or make lunch for the kids or, or whatever, or just you to go to work. And some of you start work really early, work really long hours, and those those are all realities. So I just encourage you to make time. Amen. So let's kind of look at just some more just principles around having a personal prayer life. Oswald Chambers is a well-known Christian speaker. He said this, it just really blessed me and challenged me. He said, we look upon prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves. But the Bible's idea of prayer is that we may, we may get to know God himself. We look upon prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves. But the Bible's idea of prayer is that we may get to know God himself. So that's what prayer is. The essence of it is all about building our relationship with God, building a relationship with our Father. Amen. So these are different things that we can, that you can do. This is not a religious, I'm going to give kind of an order of things, but this is not some kind of religious order, remember? We're not trying to impress God. We're not trying to jump through hoops to get him to accept us. Okay, but these are just, just different things uh, that I find helpful and I'm sure will be helpful for you. So when we come in, and so set aside some time. Find, find somewhere, find somewhere it talks about going off in your room, go off in your car, do whatever you need to do. But find somewhere it's just going to be you and God. We don't get any distractions. I know if you've got kids... Especially if you've got young kids, that's tricky. <laughs> Not having distractions. But try and find somewhere um, that you can do that. Where it can just be between you and God. You're not going to get distracted. Amen. And, and come with thankfulness. Come with thankfulness and, and humility. Thank God for, for another day. Thank God that you've got breath in your lungs. We've all got things to be thank God for. The fact that we're living, we're here, breathe, breathing, breathing, living right now. That's just something to be thankful to God for. Amen. Be thankful for what he's done in your life. Be thankful for the fact that you have another day in, in order to serve him. Amen. So it's a great, it's a great place to start. Because again, it's, 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 it's humbling ourselves. It's remembering, it's reminding ourselves that everything is about God. Being, being grateful and, and thanking him for what he's done in your life. Another good thing to do, and it doesn't have to be in these exact order. Like I said, it's not some religious order to do things. Okay? Okay. Getting things right with God. You know, one, one, John 1 verse 9, I love the scripture. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What a great scripture that is. You know, the, the legendary uh, teacher Colin Urquhart, who, Pastor Colin Urquhart, who many of you will know, and we had a relationship with him as a church. He passed away um, not that long ago. Um, went, to, went to glory, should say. <laughs> well, passed away. Went to glory um, not that long ago. He wrote a book called The First Minute, and it's a really, really good book. It's very, very encouraging. And basically what it's about is how so often we can, we can really labor this point. When it, when it comes in prayer and we notice some things, we need to put things right with God, and we should put things right with God. But what he talks about is just that that only takes a minute. In the sense of, if we understand what Jesus did on the cross, we've just got to confess it and put it right. And so often, what we'll do is we'll, we'll labor over it, and we'll spend the next half an hour telling, us, <laughs> telling God how terrible we are, and we'll never, ever do it again, and all those, all those, all those kind of things. Now, of course, repentance should be real. Of course, that's true. Okay? But it only takes a minute, and that's why he wrote the book, saying the first minute. First minute of prayer. Just get things right with God. 
The stuff that's not right in your life, the stuff that you've thought, the stuff that you've acted on, the stuff that's just, just, just not right, some breakdown in relationships or whatever it may be. Or maybe you've been neglecting God throughout the week. And it's just things you need to put right. Don't beat yourself up about it, but just put it right. And that's what we've got to do. And then if we understand the power of the cross, it just takes a minute. Not even a minute, 30 seconds even, just to put it right. Amen? Praise God. So get those things sorted with God. We don't need to labor over it. Amen? You know, Jesus, Jesus labored and went through a horrendous, horrendous death so that you don't have to labor over it. Amen? So you can be free. Praise God. It's a good thing to do just to, to, to dedicate everything to God. All that's going on in your world right now, some difficulties that are going on in your world, remember God already knows about them, but commit them to God. Commit the day ahead to God. Consecrate and dedicate everything to, um, to him, your know, friendships and your spouse, if, you, if you're married, and your children, if you've got kids. Dedicate them to God. Give them over to God. Amen? Commit everything to God for, for that day and for, for the future. Make the commitment, God, I'm, I'm going to follow you in all that I do and lay it all down before God. Now hear God in it all. Give God opportunities to speak into, into your life. Amen? You know, so often we can, when we pray, sometimes we, we can go on and on and on and on and God just, almost just wants us to stop. It's like, no, I want to speak into your life. Remember, it should be a two-way conversation. In, again, in, in natural relationships, if all the communication was just one way, it would be odd, wouldn't it? There's just one person just did all the talking. I don't want to say anything about my wife. But no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare, because I'll get a lot more talking later on. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't dare. Anyway, but it would be... <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just leave that. Anyway, I'll leave. let's move on before I dig a hole. I won't get out. Anyway, but, it is, but it's reality. In relationships, if one person did all the talking, that would be odd, wouldn't it? Again, because it should be two-way... Because that's not really communication. That's just talking at someone. That's not communication, is it? Communication is a two-way is, is two street. So God wants to speak into your life. So when you've done these things, put things right with God, come with thankfulness, humility, and confess stuff that you need to confess, consecrated your family and everything, put laid down everything before him, committed your day to him. Amen. Give God opportunity to speak into your life. Now, that can be different for, for, for different people and how, how God does that. With, with me, God often speaks through, through Scripture, and Scripture is just... It's, it, it, if you didn't know it was God, you would just say it was just random. I go, but I know it's not random at all, it's God. But suddenly scriptures will come, this is what happens with me, scriptures has come into my head. Not scriptures I was even thinking about will come into my head and that's God, how God, and I'll just obviously turn to those and read them and that's God wanting to speak, speak to me. And some people it's through the pictures, some, uh, some people God speaks to you through dreams and a different, or, or a combination of all those things, okay? So again, this is, is unique to you, okay? It isn't like a, a one size fits all. But this is why prayer should be authentic and real and, and just honest before him. Amen? But God wants to speak into your life. He wants to show you stuff. He wants you, wants you to, just to build on your relationship with him. He wants you to know how much you're valued to him. How much he wants to do in, in your life. Just to reveal more of his heart towards you. Amen? As we continue in our personal prayer, ask God to use you today. Ask God to use you today. Ask God to use you tomorrow. So when you, when you pray, ask God to use you that day. The people that you interact with. You know, there's so many people in, in your world, you may be the only kind of knowledge of God that they have. The only kind of interactions of, of Christians that they, uh, you know, that they know. Ask God to use you. Ask God to give you opportunities. How, how can I speak into somebody's life today? What can I pray for today? How can I be a difference in somebody's world today? Ask God to use you. Amen? We could spend a week on, on each of these different points, okay? but we're kind of just, just plowing our way through it. But there's loads of great principles in personal prayer. Pray in faith. Amen? We're going to spend a whole week talking about Tanya's going to be speaking on that, actually. It's going to be awesome. 
just pointed over there. I don't know where Tanya is. Where's Tanya? She's, she's out. Ignition, that's where she is. Tanya's going to be speaking on that, praying of faith in a few weeks' time. So we're going to do a whole kind of week on that, the prayer of faith, why, why faith matters. You know, Jesus, again, addresses it so many times. He said, you know, when, when people were healed, Jesus said it specifically, you know, your faith has healed you. He was responding to the, to the faith that they had. So it's really important. So we'll spend a whole week on that and go into that in depth, okay? But just to say, as part of our personal prayer life, make sure we're praying in faith. What I mean by that is expectation. Expectation that, that, that God is hearing our prayers and he's going to answer our prayers. Amen? We're not just, we're not just doing a prayer as a religious exercise. No, we actually believe it makes a difference. Amen? Now, how that actually works in, a kind of a, in, in the way that God operates is, is slightly mysterious. I'll, I'll admit that. In the sense of, what does prayer actually do? Are we changing God's mind? What's actually happening there? <laughs> okay? And they're kind of like big theological questions to ask. But obviously God knows what we're going to pray anyway. So, and I believe he responds to our faith. Okay? You can't twist God's arm. No, of course that's true. But God loves it when we pray in faith and expectation that he's going to answer our prayers. Amen? Now he can do immeasurably more, all that we can ask or imagine. Praise God. In Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus himself says this, I truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you say what was done to this fig tree, if you know the story, Jesus just cursed a fig tree, it was just died, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So believing that, that God hears our prayers and he's going to answer our prayers, he's able to answer our prayers, amen, that we receive whatever we ask for in prayer. Amen. Praise God. Just some other things to help you, really. It's great in a time of prayer, so I do this personally, just to involve some worship as well. Maybe even start, start with worship. But again, find your, own kind of, find your own kind of track in this. You know, you know, the internet is not a blessing to the world in so, so many ways, but in, but in other ways, it is a real blessing. And it's so easy to find worship music. You can get it for free these days, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Not advertising this morning, just a couple of ways you can get it. Okay. Other ones are available. Yes, yeah, so be like the BBC. Other, other internet programs are available for streaming music. Anyway, um, but it's great to start with the time of worship. Amen? Or just make that an integral part of your prayer or worship during, during your prayer. Amen? But again, just, just make it real and authentic. Amen? Whatever worship songs specifically speak to you, choose those. You don't need to ask somebody else what worship songs to choose. Whatever, whatever speaks to you, whatever kind of, kind of gets or helps you get into the presence of God. Amen? Let's make this kind of bespoke. And this is how God wants our prayer life to be. Okay? Amen? Get into the, get into the word of God. I said that so often God will speak to us in that way. Yeah, but time in the word is spending time with him. And, it, and it's hearing from him. So make sure that's, that's part of it as well. And if you, don't, if you don't know what to read or even know where to start, there are loads of great things, again, online reading plans and stuff, or you can find stuff about specific topics. The internet is a great, great tool in studying the Bible. So if you're not sure where to start with that, come and speak to me. But, what is, but, but this is kind of the point I want to keep hitting home, is it needs to be bespoke and real and authentic. It needs to be you. It needs to be your relationship with you. Amen? God's relationship with you and how he wants to build it and how he wants it to form. He wants you to just to be who you are. Amen? This goes against all our kind of the way we naturally think, because because we always want to think. It's just it's just kind of human nature that we have to do have to do something to impress God. It's just our, it's just a way that we often think, but it's but it's not it's not God's way. It's just 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 make it real, make it authentic, make it make it honest, honest before Him. Amen. Now God doesn't want an imitation or impersonation of somebody else. He just wants you. Amen.
There's some other stuff to help you. Avoiding distractions is absolutely key. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, just talk a little bit more about that. And it talks about, Jesus talked about going into your room. Now, maybe you need to do it in a different way. Sometimes I often go out in the car. I'm just, just telling you what I do. Just go out into the car. And we live in a lovely part of the world where you've got a lot of great places you can drive. Anyway, or walk or whatever. Just, just, just to get away from it all, because I know if I'm home, I'll be distracted. Um, or when you ask me to do jobs or whatever. <laughs> so. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. Pray that I'll do the job. Pray that I'll do the jobs. <laughs> uh, it's all coming out now. So I t- just said it's got to be real and authentic. I'm just being real, honest, and authentic. <laughs> Son knows to pray when dishwasher needs putting on. That's what Andy said. Anyway, praise God. But but avoiding to, all joking aside, but avoiding distractions is is genuinely is key. That's why Jesus said, "Go off into your room and, and shut the door." And uh, mate, like I said, and if you need to go out a house and do that, then and do that. If you want to go down the gym, do do whatever. Go down, go down to leap. Do whatever you need to do, but just make it between you and him. Make it real and authentic. So you're not getting distracted. You know, get away from mobile phones and TVs, which are not bad things in themselves, but in this day and age, are huge distractions, aren't they? Let's just be again. Let's be real about this stuff. Okay, it can be massive distractions. So get away from those things. Don't even take your phone. If, you, if that's the best thing for you, just don't take your phone at all. Just don't take it. Okay. This is about you and God. Amen. Amen. I just encourage you just to keep persevering in a personal prayer life as well. Now, I don't know about you. Again, I'm just going to be real and authentic this morning because of what we're talking about. Sometimes when, when I pray, sometimes my mind wanders. Anyone else? This happened with anybody else? My, my, sometimes my mind, mind wanders all over the place. I'm not talking about like, oh, the bad stuff. I don't mean that. Okay. It's not stuff you shouldn't be thinking about. I don't mean that. But it just, it just wanders. All sorts of stuff about, about work, about just, just stuff going on, or stuff that's going on in the family, stuff Wendy's asked me to do. <laughs> you know, all, all sorts of things. And just, sometimes just quite random stuff sometimes. And it can be hard just to, to focus. And I don't really know why that happens. Maybe it's the devil just trying to distract us. Maybe it's just kind of our human, human nature. We don't always find it hard to focus. Uh, we don't always find it easy to focus, sorry. But what I just encourage you in that is just keep persevering with it. Don't, so don't feel bad about it. Because as, you know, as you've all just discovered, this happens to everybody. Right? When we pray, our minds start thinking about everything else. This might even be having you right now as you listen to this message. Your mind's wandering. When did you say yes? <laughs> uh, There's a, a lot of conversations. This is, this is raising this, this message. <laughs> Means to have some communication later, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, pray. We need, our marriage needs prayer. I think that's the conclusion of today's message. We need prayer. Anyway. Anyway, but your mind does, it does wander, doesn't it? So let's be real about it. We've all just discovered this happens to all of us. Okay, so you're not on your own with this. It does, it does wander. It wanders with all sorts of just, just random stuff sometimes. And like I said, it can be the devil distracting you. It can just be the way our brain works when it's just, our brain is just sometimes just in overload, isn't it? Just, you know, this, this isn't it? It's just it's like, you know, it's like the internet, our brain sometimes. It just, just seems to never stop. Okay. But just, so keep persevering with that. Okay. I sometimes find that when I pray, I just suddenly get really tired. I don't know why. Is that just me as well? well that's weird. Why, how, why does that happen? So other people say it's not just me. <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? It's odd, isn't it? Yeah, the disciples, when, when Jesus went to pray, obviously the Garden of Gethsemane, he was like, well, stay here, watch and pray. And like, within two minutes, they're asleep. <laughs> what, what's, happening? what's happening there? But again, maybe it's just a natural thing. We just in the peace of God. Like, oh, I guess it's good. I could go to sleep right now. I don't know. But again, keep, I'm saying all this to say, one, it's, these are things we all experience. It's been very practical and real. But keep persevering. With it. Don't feel bad about it. We're all experiencing these same, these same things. Just keep persevering with prayer. Amen? And don't, don't feel bad about it. Okay? But just, just keep on persevering with it. Amen? Okay? Praise God. 
And so I've just kind of got three kind of three points as we close. So first one in terms of personal prayer is create space. Now you can't I'm going to read what someone else has written about it because it really blessed me, okay? So I'm just reading what someone else has said, okay. You can't create intimacy with God. You have to make room for it. So set aside a designated time of prayer. The gospel says that Jesus liked to pray in the morning, and maybe that time will work for you. Maybe you're wired in a very different different way and you're right a real night owl, okay? So maybe maybe something different will work for you. But but if you can get up early and dedicate that time for prayer, whatever works for you. You know, start small by giving, say, five or ten minutes to the Lord. And once you get a handle on that, move up to 20, 30 minutes. And praying throughout the day, because remember, God wants us to continually pray. You know, Paul, Paul encouraged us to do that. He says, pray, he says, pray continually. And I think, well, I can't pray 24 hours a day. I've got to sleep and go to work and all this. Of course that's true. What we can do is pray throughout our day. Amen. Praying throughout your day is what it goes on to say. Praying throughout your day is much more likely to happen when you're also being intentional at setting aside time specifically for prayer. Okay? So the foundation for praying throughout your day is, is setting aside time for prayer. So do, again, do that in your wiring, whatever works. I'm not being religious about it. We're making this real and authentic. Amen? So that's number one, create space for prayer. Number two, don't make... This is, it sounds, it sounds um, like an oxymoron. It sounds like it's contradictory, okay? But I'll explain. Don't make praying the focus of your prayer. Don't make praying the focus of your prayer. So many of us sit, this is what it goes on to say, many of us sit down to pray and our primary thought is, I am now praying, praying is good. <laughs> that's so true. Isn't it? Wow. But focusing on the fact, <laughs> so, that's very insightful. Isn't it? But focusing on the fact that you're praying is like trying to drive while looking at the windscreen instead of looking through the windscreen. Okay? It's actually, you're losing focus. So in prayer, don't focus on the conversation you're having, focus on the person with whom you're having it. I love that. That's great, isn't it? So in prayer, don't focus on the conversation you're having, although, the, of course, it matters what we're saying. Okay? I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But, but focus, ultimately, on the person with whom you're having the conversation with God. Amen? So number one, create space for prayer. Two, don't make praying the focus of your prayer. And, and three, as I said just a second ago, don't give up. Okay? So this is what it goes on to say. So if, and we've just talked about this a little bit. If you're praying and your mind wanders, don't give up. But also, don't ignore the thoughts that, that come in. Many of us can assume that those kind of those pop-in thoughts are distractions. But what if those are the things God actually wants us to stop and pray about in the first place? So sometimes when those things come, you know, the reality is in kind of the way our brain works um, and the way thoughts can come into our heads, sometimes they're us and sometimes they're God and sometimes they're the devil. And kind of um, a, su- a successful Christian life, and I'm not saying we always get this right, it's not, and it's not always easy, okay? but having a spirit of discernment where you can understand which of those three it is. It's, it's, it's really key in, being, in the effective Christian life, a successful Christian life, understanding what, which of those three it is. And like I said, it isn't always easy to, to, to know. Um, I mean, the devil's never going to say anything good about you, so you're going to know that's not the devil. Okay, but what I mean is sometimes it can be our own thoughts, sometimes it could be the devil. Um, but sometimes when these things that we think are distractions, it's actually God, suddenly someone, when you're praying, someone you, know, someone you know might come in to pop in your head, and God actually wants you to pray for them. So it's so not all those thoughts are bad. Okay, so just, just listen to the Holy Spirit in that, is what I would say. I encourage you to do that because it might be might be God. If you're thinking about what the football score is, that probably isn't God. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, and that does happen in my life as well sometimes when I pray. Anyway, so instead of giving up, offer even your distracted thoughts to God in prayer. So there's kind of three key things: create space for prayer, don't make praying the focus of your prayer, and number three, don't give up. Amen. And I believe God wants all of us to have a really successful and effective personal prayer life with Him. Amen. And however long you've been a Christian, whatever your prayer life's been up to this stage, let's make a decision. We're all going to stand and pray, and we'll pray for this and in a second. But let's all make a decision to, to have a really powerful prayer life. And what, if you need to make some adjustments, 
you know, make those, make those adjustments. You need to set aside time, or we all need to set aside time, but if you need to do some practical stuff to set aside time, if you need to talk to your, to your spouse or your kids about setting aside time, then, then do that, because it might mean you need to have some conversations. Okay? But I encourage you to do that, because God wants you to have that in a really powerful prayer, personal prayer life with him. For it to be a real time of building relationship with him, where there's two-way communication that's taking place, where you're talking to him, he's talking back to you in whatever way um, you're wired in the way that God does that in your relationship. But let's make sure it's authentic and honest and real before him. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. So we believe in prayer, so we're going to pray and end in prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, what an honor it is to be able to pray to you. What an incredible privilege that is. Lord, firstly, may we never, ever take for granted, Lord, the honor of being able to just have direct communication with you. Lord, it says in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they looked forward to that day. We have a relationship with you that they couldn't even have. Even the greats, the, the great patriarchs of the Old Testament couldn't have the relationship with God, the closeness and, and the, the, the personal nature of a relationship that we have with you. Lord, and they looked forward, Lord, to that day. Lord God, it says about John the Baptist, who kind of represented the old of the, the also the end of the Old Testament. It says that the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist, because 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 of what you were going to do on the cross, Lord, you're going to open a whole new level of relationship, of freedom, of forgiveness, of hope and grace, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. It's all because of the cross, Lord. And part of that, Lord, is the free access we have to you, Lord. The curtain, the temple curtain, was torn in two. We have free access into the holy of holies, Lord. May we never take that for granted. Lord, the price that you paid to buy us, we're bought at a price. Lord, the price that you paid so that we could have free access to you. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Lord, and I pray in that, Lord, as we understand, oh, God, the price you paid for us so that we could have the freedom to have a, a relationship where we communicate with you. Lord, God, I pray we'll, we'll be a people that just develop that relationship this week. Oh, God, and in the weeks and the months to come. Lord God, wherever that we're at in our personal prayer life, Lord, you want it to improve. You want it to, Lord, to, to be more deep and more authentic and more real. You want to reveal more of your heart to each and every one of us. Lord, help us to make practical decisions. We need to make practical decisions. Help us to set aside time. Help us to put tra- distractions aside. Help us, Lord, to, Lord, we don't want to be religious, Lord, but we do want to be disciplined. Lord, because that's, that's the essence of what a disciple is, Lord. It's, it's being a disciplined person. It's what the word means. Lord, we want to be disciplined but not religious. Lord, help us to be a disciplined people, Lord, where we really value prayer. Lord God, where we commit things to you. Lord, where we're honest and real before you. Lord, where we put things right with you. Lord God, where we commit our day to you, where we ask you to use us. Lord God, where we pray in faith and expectation, believing that you hear our prayers and answer our prayers. Lord, I pray you'll communicate back with us, Lord. However you want to do that, Lord, through dreams, your, your word, Lord, through, through other people. Lord God, however you want to do that, Lord, just communicate back to us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, change us. Lord, make us more like you. Lord, and may our prayer life just be so effective. Lord, as the prayer of a righteous man avails much, Lord, may our prayers avail much, Lord God, as we develop our personal prayer life with you. We just ask that all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.